Amen, amen. Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. The Bible says, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we may have a heat wave this weekend, but if you're ready for the wave of God's grace, come on, let's stand to our feet, put your hands together, let's get to worship our God, amen? Woo! Here we go.
grace has been good to you. Come on and give a Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. At this moment, I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we prepare for a moment of communion. Hold the elements in your hand, and Pastor Ken will come up and lead us in a power moment of communion. Let's continue to worship.
Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Let's take just a moment out and with hearts of gratitude, thank God for his goodness. Father, we are so grateful today for who you are and what you've done for us. We've come together specifically to focus on you and to express gratitude to you. Every good thing in our lives we recognize in this moment has come from your hand. And even now, you are at work causing all things, all things to work together for our good and for your glory. And so our hearts are filled with gratitude today. And Jesus, thank you for this space. Thank you for all of those who are with us on site, online. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for the table that Jesus, you invite us to experience your grace at the table. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you have need of, the answer to your need is found in Jesus. And Jesus invites us to experience him and his grace at the table in the bread and the cup. And so as we receive today, Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for us because you were broken, we can be made whole. And as we eat today, we eat in faith and we receive of your goodness with great thanksgiving. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. And Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sin, uh, of our sins. Because you gave your life, we can experience life, satisfying life, purpose in life, eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, that not only we can, can we experience your life here and now, but forever and forever your praise will be on our lips. And so today we lift up this cup and we receive the life that we find in you. Let's drink of the cup of Christ. And now I invite you here at the Cathedral of Faith, what we have what we call our affirmation of faith. We declare what God's word says about us. And so I invite you to say it with me. Let's speak the word of God together, everybody. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. The weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it's great to see everybody. God is good. And all the time. Again, thanks so much for being here. If you're inside the building, out in the amphitheater, those in the drive-in, and all those who are watching online, 
so great that you've come you know, to, to church, either on-site or online. In Psalm 84, the writer says, I would rather spend one day, just one day, one day in this house than a thousand days anywhere else. Amen. Something about being together in the presence of God. So before you're seated, well, introduce yourself to two or three people. We're part of one family today with a family of God. Well, hello, Cathedral of Faith family and friends. My name is Stephanie, and I'd like to welcome you to the Cathedral of Faith. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better and share a little bit about our church community. You'll find a card on the seat back in front of you. You can scan the QR code. You can fill it out. You can find out how to get connected, find out a little bit about the church. And also, if you've recently made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. So let us know so we can send you a certificate marking this special moment in your life. Mark your calendars for Friday, August 18th. Gospel reggae group Christ Safari is going to be with us. So get ready to rock out to the message of hope through some reggae vibes. Friday, August 18th, 7 o'clock in the amphitheater. This concert is a great opportunity to invite your friends and family, whether they go to church or not, for a fun night with great music and we'll even have food trucks. The Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference is coming up September 22nd and 23rd. Hold on a second. Um, your energy level changed. Did so it? It, it didn't miss, it's not matching the rest of the, the, the other. The Ignite Silicon <laughs> Okay. The Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference is coming up on September 22nd and 23rd. If you are married or you want to take that step towards the marriage God has intended for you, then this conference is for you. We have special guests like Dr. Gary Chapman and just added our friend John Ortberg. We also have childcare available on Saturday. So for more information, visit the kiosk in the lobby to sign up. Well, that's all the announcements I can fit in this video, but we have so much going on. We don't want you to miss out. So make sure you're following us on social media, visit our website, or download our Cathedral of Faith app to stay up to date with the latest and greatest. I hope you have an amazing week and stay cool. Oh, thank you, Steph. And said, you know, I've been on staff for 42 years. I've had the privilege of serving here at Cathedral of Faith. And it's, it's an amazing journey. But I want to tell you, these next few months, honestly, these next few months, I think could be some of the most exciting we've ever had in the history of our church. I know everything that's going to be happening over the next few months, so I encourage you to just open up your heart to what God wants to do in our lives over this last half of the year. And I want to introduce you to someone, if you've never met him, I'm going to ask my, my brother and Robert Mize. Now, Robert Mize, yeah, yeah, if you do know Robert... Robert and his wife, Lonnie, they, uh, they pastor up at our Milpitas campus and uh, does a great job up there. But also all of the homeless ministry that is driven through the church 
It happens through Robert Mize. And can we give it up for Robert? He does an amazing job in serving our community, the safe park that we just housed in June. And then also Robert oversees all of our missions because we're involved not just here in the Bay Area, but around the world in advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Robert's been on staff with us for 22 years, but he grew up here at Cathedral of Faith. Him and his mom, they started coming 52 years ago. And so, again, we're grateful for Robert. And then I know Robert and Kurt met with one of the missionary couples out of our church and just, it was, it was amazing what she shared about what's happening right there at the border in Mexico. That's right. About a year and a half ago, one of our key families in our Spanish campus came to us and said God had called them to sell everything they had in San Jose and to move to McAllen, Texas to, be, to set up a ministry to serve the poor. And so we prayed with them a year and a half ago and we sent them with our reaching out truck our 1991 reaching out truck that was still going strong. And let me tell you what, she just was in town this past week and she wanted to give us an update of what God has been doing through this church family and that reaching out truck in McAllen, Texas. Well, they've been going, they've linked up with other nonprofit organizations and churches in McAllen, Texas. They've been going to community centers every week, to shelters, to minister, to many single moms to many veterans and giving food and groceries and water and shoes and clothing. You're going to see some of the photos up on the screen as I'm talking about this. But she said, literally, we blessed literally thousands and thousands of people in that McAllen, Texas area in that border town in Texas. And during Christmas, she said, we were able to bless over a thousand people families, kids with new toys and clothing and, and share the gospel because that's what they're all about. And then God opened the door to them through one of the local churches that we're connected with in McAllen to go over the border into Mexico, into the border town of Reynosa, Mexico. Now, Reynosa, Mexico is one of those key towns, the border towns where immigrants from all over the world come, they go through there to come into the United States. She said there's Russians, Ukrainians, people from Central and South America, many people struggling to, to survive. And also, if you look up Renosa, I looked it up and she said, and it, it bared witness to what she shared, it is one of the most dangerous towns in Mexico. The cartels and the uh, police officials consistently are battling. They actually, they were driving through the streets and they actually witnessed gunfire in the middle of the day. Well, here's what they've been doing in Reynosa, Mexico. Every Friday, they have a feeding center that feeds over 100 kids every Friday through our reaching out truck being there. They also become pastors of a church in Reynosa, Mexico. So even in the darkest of places, the good news of Jesus Christ through this church family is making a difference. And here's some of the challenges she said that, you know, unique challenges that they have there that we want to be praying for them. They said many of the women they minister to are physically abused almost on a daily basis. 
Many of the children are sexually abused and the families can't go and report it to the government because of the cartels will retaliate and literally murder the families. One of the other challenge, operational challenges they have is every week when they go into Reynosa, Mexico, they go through the border with our reaching out truck and then they got to go back, back to the uh, U.S. It takes about three to four hours to get through the checkpoint because the, the large truck has multiple inspections for it. So she said, would you ask the church to pray for us, that God will use us? And one of the needs that they have is they need a smaller vehicle, a transit vehicle. And I said, I'm going to bring that to the church. Maybe there's someone here today, God's going to leave, you know, put it on your heart and say, I want to help sponsor that vehicle. I want to do something to be a part of that. You can just write Mexico on your giving uh, if you give online, there's easy ways to give online like you do your normal giving. You can give at our website. You can pull down on that drop down and check out Mexico, and we'll make sure we can bless them. But how many are going to be praying for the Cruz family? Amen. Anna and Oliver Amen. Cruz. We put a photo up there right there, yeah. their young family. And what God is doing through Cathedral of Faith in Reynosa, Mexico, McAllen, Texas. You know, can we... Uh, uh, can we keep their picture up there? And I'm going to invite you to stand. Everybody stand with me. And if you're comfortable doing this, you don't have to extend your hand. But if you're comfortable doing this, uh, just extend your hand toward them. And let's pray even now for them. Father, we thank you for this family which is down there serving. And we pray your blessing upon them. Make them a target of your favor in every way. Watch over them. Let there be great fruitfulness through their ministry. And Father, I thank you for the family here at Cathedral of Faith. I pray, God, that you would continue to make every person that's in the Cathedral family a target of your favor. Bless them so that we can continue to be an even greater blessing in the days ahead, bringing the good news of Jesus, not just here to the Bay Area, but around the world. Continue to open doors Jesus, you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We declare that today as a church family in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. And uh, let me ask you a question. Well, are you ready for the word of God today? Are you ready? Yes. Let me ask again, are you ready? Yes. You know, we've been in the book of Psalms all through the month of July, and today, Dr. Wayne has a great word for you from Psalm 84. So once more, put yourself in position to receive to hear what God has to say. It's summertime. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. And through this summer, we're going through the Psalms and the Summertime Psalm Remix because there are special words in these Psalms from God to us to help us have the best summer we've ever had. Amen? Well, hey, I got a question for you. 
What's your favorite song? Now, you might be like me and must say, well, it all depends what you're talking about. Well, if you're talking about love, favorite song for Di and I is a song by Billy Joel called Just The Way You Are. We can be in an elevator, we can be in the grocery store, we can be in the car, and Billy comes on with this song, and it's all the feels. We celebrate 44 years of married life this next week. Yeah, and that song just says it. I love you just the way you are. Don't go changing. We love this song. And um, for those of you who asked, like, we never see your wife sitting away on Sundays anymore. Are you guys okay? It's like, my wife runs the children's ministry over there. So she's over there. Blessings on you, sweetheart. I love you. And thanks for your service. So anyway, what's your favorite song? Well, if it's that pump up, get you moving, grooving song. The one for Diane and I is something called Everything by Toby Mac. I don't know if you ever heard this one, but it just... It just got that groove to it. It lifts your spirit. It lifts your heart. We'll be driving down the road, and I'll be playing this over and over and over. And the people drive up next to me, and I think they're probably thinking, should I call 911? That guy looks like he's having a seizure. I don't know. I don't know if you have one of those songs that sort of pumps you up and gets you ready. For me, there's an all-time favorite worship song I have. It's a song that Pastor Ken and Vaughn wrote together about courageous. I am courageous. If you haven't heard that song, it's just something building up in your spirit about that. To be and, and have the courage that God has for you. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty powerful song. Amen? Amen. So what's your favorite song? Well, if you were to ask Jesus that, the Psalms were really Jesus's playlist. These were the songs he grew up with. These are the songs he sang on a regular basis. These are the songs that were important to him. In fact, he quotes the book of Psalms more than any other book in the Bible. In fact, the New Testament writers quote Psalms 112 times because this was the song book of Jesus. These were the words he would have memorized as a kid, songs he would have sung, songs that would have really worked in him all of his life. Now, let me give you an understanding of how to approach the Psalms. There's a certain kind of thinking cap we need when we open up the Psalms. Anybody here ever take science in high school or college? Oh, well, three or four of you. <laughs> science classes have two parts. First of all, there's the textbook part with all the formulas, with all the theorems, with all the information. And the second part of science classes is the, the lab. And the whole purpose of the lab is that's where you went to sort of figure out, does this really work? Does kinetic energy plus potential energy equal mass times gravity times? Like you're trying to work through the formulas. And the Psalms are really like that. The Psalms are labs. In fact, you'll see on the screen, it says the songs, Psalms are like lab notes where we find out how people experience the truths of the word, how godly principles were applied practically, real people with real situations. That's how we come to the Psalms. A lot of the other parts of Psalms are theology and teaching. Psalms are like, okay, here's what that looks like in your everyday life. Here's the practical part. Here's how you work it out. Here's how we got lived out in the lives of people in Bible times. Those truths actually work in people's lives. 
And that's what my desire is today, that as we open up Psalm 84, we'll find a way to let that truth work in us and do something to change each one of us. Now, there are several kinds of psalms. For whatever emotion you have, there's a psalm for it. But this psalm today is what's called a psalm of pilgrimage. Now, last week, John Orberg was with us, and what a powerful job as he spoke on one of the Psalms of Ascent from Psalm 121. In fact, just back up a minute about that. If you ever miss a Sunday, or if you're ever in need of encouragement, go to our church website, click on media. You can watch sermons for the last couple years. You can do that on YouTube, on our website. That can be an encouraging thing for you. Well, last week was the Psalm of Ascent. This is a Psalm of Pilgrimage, and here's what that means. Whenever the people of God would go to Jerusalem, this was one of the songs they would sing. Now, I don't know if you have a playlist that, hey, when you're on the road, you play. This was the the playlist for Israelites heading to Jerusalem. And Jesus went to Jerusalem a lot. In fact, we read in Luke 2.22, when he was eight days old, it says, when they came the time for the purification rites, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Eight days old, makes his way to Jerusalem. It goes on to say, in, uh, later in that same chapter, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, he went up to the festival. Every year of his life, all 33 years, he made his way to Jerusalem. In fact, we read in John chapter 2, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. A few chapters later, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. We can continue to read later in John chapter 2, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of the festival dedication. The crowd that had come for the festival, two chapters later, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He went there at least three times a year all of his life. And Psalm 84 is the song he would have sung every time he went. So he knew this by heart. It was important to him. And my prayer is it'll be important to you today when you understand the truth that God wants to speak to us through this psalm. This is a psalm about going from and going to. Going from and going to. Whenever he went from his hometown, To Jerusalem, he sang this, but it's also a song that's for us in our from to journey because we're all coming from someplace, going to someplace, and this is the psalm for that movement. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me. We're gonna read Psalm 34. I'll read it to you. And you'll notice up on the screen right now that some of the words in this psalm will be in red. Does anybody see a word in red? Okay, whenever I go to a word in red, I'll say it first, and then you say it with power and strength. Let's practice. Blessed. Blessed. Perfect. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of this of the psalm. Thanks, Alexis. In fact, let's give a shout out to Alexis. She's back there taking care of our slides today. Thanks, girl. There's so many people behind the scenes here that you should be grateful for because we couldn't do this. We couldn't have sound without their faithfulness. So I'm going to read the psalm. Don't forget when your part comes up. Here we go. Psalm 84. For the director of music, according to Giddeth, of the sons of Korah, a psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. 
Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Oh, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. No, no, I'm first. Blessed. Very good. Are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Salah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me. Oh God of Jacob, Salah. Look upon our shield, O oh God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed Blessed. is the one who trusts in you. Amen. Anybody have an idea what the key word here is? Oh, very good. In fact, as you're being seated, I want you to prophesy over the person next to you and say, you're about to be blessed. So let me ask you a question. Where's your happy place? Where's your happy place? The place you go that builds strength. This psalm is very clearly laying out for us where Jesus' happy place was. You see, every year they made their way to Jerusalem because in those days they thought that the Holy Land, Israel, was the center of the earth and that Jerusalem was the center of the Holy Land, and that the temple was the symbol of Jerusalem. And so all of this led them to want to be there. This was their happy place, because under Roman occupation, Israelites couldn't say, hey, why don't we go over to Europe? Or why can't we run over to this country or that place? They were under Roman occupation. They couldn't move. Everybody had the same happy place in Israel, and it was Jerusalem. This was the song they sang on the way to their happy place. In fact, we read in the opening verse of the Psalm 84, it says, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. I sure hope that this is your happy place. That this is one of those places where you find the strength of the Lord, you find his power, you find his insight, you find his wisdom, you find his grace. I hope this is one of your happy places. And on the way to that happy place, Jesus would sing these words. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. But let me go back and help us understand this is a psalm for moving from and going to. Moving from and going to. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the notation that you see at the top of this psalm. 
Whenever you're reading music, those of you who play instruments, you know that at the beginning it'll tell you Andante, Allegretto, it'll tell you how to play it. This psalm also has cues, and here's what it says. For the director of music, so in other words, everybody was to be singing this, according to Giddeth, and then it says, of the sons of Korah. This is a psalm written by the sons of Korah. There are actually 12 of them. Let me give you a little background. In the days of Moses, when they came out of Egypt to go into the promised land, there was a guy named Korah. And Korah basically said, Moses, I don't like your leadership. I don't like how you lead. I don't like what you do. I think I could do this better. And Moses was like, ooh, anybody ever been in one of those office situations? <laughs> and so God spoke to Moses. Moses said, okay, Korah, you go over here. And everybody who agrees with Korah, you go stand with them. And about 250 people came and stood with Korah. And so Moses was standing over here. And he looked over and he looked up and he said, God, we need you to speak. And immediately there was an earthquake and the earth opened up and all of those 250 people got swallowed in the earth and it closed back up again. Talk about affirming your leadership. I've sort of had times I wish that could have happened for me. But here's what happened. Apparently not all of his family stood with him. Apparently, some of them said, Dad, Grandpa, I hear what you're saying, but I need to stand with God's side. But you can guess that probably for the next generations, nobody ever named their kid Cora. It was like one of the least favorite names on the list of, oh, what should we call our kid? It was like, no, no. Jezebel got left out. Beelzebub got left out. And... Korah got left out. But apparently, even though that was their history, they were not going to let their history stop them. They were not going to let their past determine their future. Because these sons of Korah who wrote this psalm were saying, hey, that might be my from, but my to is far more important than my from. Where I'm from, who I'm descended from. Again, whether that's where you're from where you were born, your family, your ancestry, or whether it's where Jesus found you, that you came from something, your too is far more important. In fact, verses four and five, we read this. It says, blessed. blessed. Okay, you guys weren't ready for that. <laughs> Let's try it again. Blessed. blessed. Oh, oh, that's much better. Let's do it one more time. Blessed. Are those whose strength is in you. They've set their heart on pilgrimage. They set their heart on moving forward. They were not going to let where they were from, as sons of Korah, determine where they were going. Where are you from? Well, for me, I was born in Biloxi, Mississippi, at Keesler Air Force Base. And by the time I graduated from high school, I had been to 10 schools, lived in five states, and two countries. We moved a lot. But that isn't necessarily where I'm from. Where we're from could be a whole lot of things. Things we experienced, maybe mistakes we made, maybe things that were done to us. But here's the truth I want us to make sure we have deep in our hearts today, and it's this. Your to is far more important than your from. Read that with me. Your too is far more important than your from. In fact, let's read it again to put my in there. 
My to is far more important than my from. That's what God wants to speak to us today as we go through this psalm, as we look through the details of it, that where he's taking us isn't just about going over old history. In fact, here's a prophetic word from Isaiah that I want to declare over some of you today. Isaiah 43 says this, forget about what has happened. Don't keep going over old history. I'm about to do something brand new. We can get stuck in our history. We can get stuck in our mistakes. We can get stuck in what's done to us. In fact, anybody here ever raised a toddler? You can be walking along, everything's fine, you're in the store, and then all of a sudden, no, you can't have that candy. What do they do? They stop, they drop, and they whine. But you know what? That's what we tend to do. When we get into a difficult place, we stop, we drop, we whine. God, why is this happening to me? It's not fair. Everybody else gets everything. But today, this psalm is gonna give us a secret a truth, a lab experience of how to move forward. Now, if we ask Jesus where he was from, he was from Nazareth, which wasn't the best place to be from in those days. In fact, in John 1, we read these words of Nathaniel when he says, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. You see, Nazareth was a town of about 500 people in those days. Saying that somebody was from Nazareth was sort of like, oh, they're a hick. They're from the backwoods. They're a small town boy. He's a hillbilly. That was sort of the perspective. I mean, why could anything come out of Nazareth? And we might be able to say, can anything good come of what happened through that difficulty, through that death, through that divorce, through that sickness? Can anything good come out of that? But here's the truth. Our past does not need to trap us. Our past does not need to trap us, but God will use it to shape us. Everything about your past, he doesn't waste anything. God doesn't want to waste any of your sorrows. He doesn't want to waste any of your mistakes. He doesn't want to waste any of those things that happen to you. He says, don't let your past trap you. In fact, I read a quote that today it says this, don't be a prisoner to your past. It was just a lesson, not a life sentence. Whatever happened in the past, whether you caused it or somebody else did, he's like, don't be trapped there. Let's go back to Psalm 84, verse five. It says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength till strength until each appears before God in Zion. So let me sort of talk through this with you. The Valley of Baca. Now, if you look here on the map, you can see this is how you go from Nazareth down to Jerusalem. This was the route Jesus would have taken. Those roads didn't exist then. So as he went down this way and all the people of God made their way to Jerusalem, they passed through this little valley a little bit north of Jericho called Valley of Achor. Everybody had to go through it. You know, this was the kind of thing you've been walking for days. This is 100 miles they had to go. And they've been walking. These kids have been riding on the backs of donkeys saying, are we there yet? When you get to this place, 
they knew something. Now, let me tell you a little history about the Valley of Achor. When the children of Israel came into the promised land under Joshua's leadership, they came to Jericho. We all know the story of walls coming down, great victory. It's wonderful. We're taking our promises. And then they went to the city of Ai and they got defeated. And 36 of their soldiers got killed. And Joshua went to God and said, God, what's up? And he's like, somebody stole something in Jericho. And so they went through this whole process and found out that Achan had stolen all these devoted things, all these silver items and hid them in his tent in the ground. And they took care of that. That was the Valley of Achor, which later became known as the Valley of Baca. It was a place that had a reputation. So not only did they not name their sons Korah, they didn't name them Achan either. But here in the Valley of Achor, the Valley of Baca, they would pass through that. And part of going through that valley, they had always known, we're almost to Jerusalem. We're almost there. We're about to come through. So passing through the Valley of Baca, it was important for them to know, I know it's a desert, I know it's dry, I know it's difficult, but we're almost there. We're on our way to the promises of God. In fact, there's a promise I wanna speak over us today because I know some of us are still stuck in our from. Some of us are still stuck in our mistakes. Some of us are still stuck in what they did and what they said. But here's the word of the Lord for you today. Isaiah 43, the Lord says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That's a word for you right now. God's doing a new thing. You no longer have to be stuck. You no longer have to be defined by your past, but he's taking us to Jerusalem. So here's the truth. Your two is far more important than you're from. I'd say it again. Your too is far more important than you're from. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you're from. But God says this. I'm going to transform that and use that for my glory. That's what this psalm is about. Moving through valleys of Baca. Baca actually in the original Hebrew, that word means weeping. It means sorrow. It means bitterness. So here's what that means. Those places that might make somebody else bitter, I'm not gonna let that happen to me. This place that might be causing me to weep, I recognize that as I pass through it, I'm on my way to someplace else. I'm going to someplace better than this from. Amen? Well, as we read in this passage of scripture, here's what it says in verses three and four. Even the sparrow... The sparrow is a symbol of helplessness. Even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow, which is a symbol of worthlessness. Even a swallow has found a nest for herself. Oh Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Okay, so let me tell you something here. Remember in science, you would do the experiment and then you'd write up the lab notes. This lab notes are basically saying, people who pass through valleys of Baca and bitterness, people who pass through dry desert times, the way they get through it is they are ever praising. When we looked at all these people, the ones who got stuck, they weren't praising. 
The ones who made it through, they were ever praising. There's something about recognizing my trust is in God, even in the midst of difficult moments. Let's take a look at some of these passages of scripture. Psalm 59, it says this. Oh, my strength, I sing praise to you. Notice how singing and strength are related. You, O oh God, are my fortress, my loving God. And then multiple times we have verses like this. The Lord is my strength and my So here's what happens. You sing, you declare the praises of God, be ever praising, and all of a sudden you have strength. You know, one of the things I love about worship service is as we're worshiping the Lord, I can look around and I can see some of your singing and strength coming into you. Now, the other part is I see some of you just. You have an opportunity to receive the strength of the Lord. We do that by entering in and praising him, exalting him, worshiping him. In fact, David says it this way in Psalm 34 when he writes, I I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's the key. I know your tendency is That's not fair. Why did it happen to me? Why did they get their raise? Why did he walk out? Why did they say that? Our tendency is to stop, drop, and whine. But here's the truth. To get past this, come on, son, get up. Those who are ever praising, that's where we find the strength of God. That's how we become blessed. That's how it happens, is by choosing I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, here's the hard part. We focus so much on getting out of the valley that we don't realize what God wants us to get out of the valley. Do you hear me? We want to get out of it, and God's like, I have something for you to get out of it. Every valley has a purpose. Every time we walk through that, there's a reasoning for it. And here's a powerful statement. What if the life you really want and the future God wants for you is hiding now in that valley? What if it's just their way? And God's like, hey, don't whine. Stop whining. Get up. Stop complaining about what you're going through and receive what I have for you in that moment. There's value in that valley. There's value in that valley. In fact, I'm going to take a look at a picture of a car here on the screen. This car was a car that a dad bought for his daughter when she was very young. He had it hidden away in the garage, covered up. And when she graduated from high school, he said, hey, sweetheart, I've got this car for you. And she looked at it and sort of shook her head and thought, hmm, that doesn't look very good. And he's like, I have some things I want you to do. I want you to go down to a used car lot see what they'll give you for it. So she drove it down to the used car lot, got down there, came back, said, hey dad, they offered me $1,000 because it's pretty old, even though it still runs well. Well, he said, okay, this week, I want you to take it to a pawn shop, see what they'll give you. Took it to the pawn shop. The guy's like, oh, that's pretty old, 100 bucks, that's all you get. Next week, he said, 
Sweetheart, I want you to take this car down to the local car show that they're having with all the old cars pulled around and put there. Go down and see what they'll offer you. And she came back and said, Dad, a couple people offered me $100,000 because it's an old, old, old car that's well worth a lot of money. And she said, that Nissan Skyline R34 is worth at least a thousand bucks. And he's like, I want you to remember this because some people won't know your value and you need to hang with people who understand the value you have. And here's the truth. God values you so much, but we have to make sure we don't realize how valuable that valley is you're in right now. It might be something you want to get rid of, get through quickly. And here's what he says. I've got value for your life and ministry that's going to come through that. I have great things for you to move toward as you in this valley receive and find the value I have for you. In fact, here's a statement I want to declare to you. The circumstances we're asking God to change may be the very circumstances he's using to change us. The things you're wrestling with, it may be, I wish this wasn't happening. Why is this taking place? And he's like, I'm using this to help you be more like me. Because that's the goal. We're not always responsible for the circumstances that we're in, but we are responsible for the way we allow them to affect us. They can get on top of us or they can transform us into what Christ wants us to be. His plan is to make you more like him. And this valley may be so valuable that this is the means that you become more like Christ as we are ever praising. Let me, let me declare another word prophetically over you from Isaiah 41 today. Here's what the Lord says to you. I will make rivers flow on barren heights. I will make springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water. I will, I will turn parched ground into springs. That's his plan for us. That's his purpose. He's wanting to redeem every part of your journey. Whatever you're from or whatever you're in, your to is far more important. In fact, everything in our from is preparation for something in our to. As wounded healers, when I came through that difficult moment, when I got through that pain, when I worked through that circumstance, God was giving me something in order to be able to arrive at where he wants me. The prophet Ezekiel had a great story about this. He went through a difficult time. And Ezekiel basically means this, strengthened in order to strengthen. So God wants to strengthen you so that you can strengthen others. And your valley is the very place where he's giving you that understanding of what it is he wants to work in you. You know, when you go to a college and you want to get a degree, they usually say, these are the 124 credits you need. You need a class in this, a class in that, a class in something else. Well, that valley is part of God's divine curriculum, training you, teaching you, preparing you for what's yet to come. Because your two is far more important than you're from. And God wants to take us from Bacah to Jerusalem, from the desert to the springs, from the past to the future, from despair to hope, from addiction to victory and freedom, from death to life. That's his plan for you, to move you from anger to peace, from broken to whole, from bondage to freedom, from stuck to moving forward, from abandoned to love, from insecure to confident in Christ. 
He wants to move you from worthless to valuable, from hopeless to hopeful, from confused to clarity, from oppressed to delivered. That's his plan. From strength to strength, from glory to glory, that's what this psalm is all about. He wants to help you move there to there. That's his plan for you. And we have the keys here when we look at these passages of where he's moving us from to where he's moving us to. We're going to rehearse the lab notes now that the sons of Kor wrote. There's three verses that have this. Let's get ready to declare them together. Blessed Blessed. are those who are ever praising you. Blessed Blessed. are those whose strength is in you. Blessed Blessed. is the one who trusts in you. We trust, receive his strength, we're ever praising I want to share a story with you about a situation I experienced when I lived in Virginia. There was this main artery road that went through this small town called West Hundred Road, Route 10. I did my best to avoid it whenever I could because it was two lanes, one northbound, one southbound. And there was always traffic. No matter what time of day, you were stopped at the light, you got stopped at the next light. It was just, anybody ever been on one of those roads? It's just like, when am I going to get home? But then one day, the newspaper came out with this great article. West 100 Road goes to four lanes. Woo! Four lanes. We're not going to have all this backup anymore. Instead of just two lanes being stuck and sitting there forever, now we're going to have four lanes. We can move. It'll be so great. But for the next six months, It was one lane. (laughs) The team would stand there, stop the southbound traffic, have the northbound come. Then they would stop the northbound and the southbound come. The next six months were horrible. But after that season, four lanes. You could get home faster. You could get to the grocery store faster. You could move faster. But here's the understanding. Maybe you've been in two lanes, it's been a little backed up. And God's given you a promise. I will turn the desert into springs. I will redeem. I will make the desert a place of life. There could be all these promises, but then instead of, it might get a little harder for a little bit. But be patient. Be ever praising. Be ever praising, grateful, responding to the goodness of God. If we choose to be ever praising, if we choose to put our trust in him, we'll go from strength to strength and then we will find a very powerful truth. And here's what it is. Give your history to God, receive forgiveness and receive fromgiveness. Now I made that word up, but I'll explain it to you. Maybe your past needs forgiveness because of something you did, a mistake you made. Or maybe it's somebody else did to you, and that's fromgiveness. I, I need to give fromgiveness because I don't want where they put me and what they did to make me stuck with where I'm from. Because God can be using that for his glory. That's why we receive God's strength by praising him. And in just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to do that. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to stand together and declare, God, I am moving forward receive God's strength by praising him. 
You know, one of the things that, ha- one of my whines, my stop, drop, and whines when I was growing up is I had amazing godly parents who loved me and served the Lord, and I'm blessed at 94 and 90, almost 92, they're both still serving God with all their hearts and love him dearly. I grew up in a precious godly home. I had two amazing sisters. One of them has been on pastoral ministry for 40 years, and the other one married our pastor's son. I mean, they were just godly gals that I grew up with, but I had a whine. When I'd lay in my room as a young kid, as a teenager, and the girls were in the other room laughing and talking and giggling, I was all alone. And I'm like, God, I want a brother. I really wish I had a brother. That was my whine. It's like, couldn't I have a brother, somebody to hang out with? You know, girls didn't like playing ball. They didn't like, like, here I am by myself. But in that valley of baka for me, of whining about lack of brotherhood, here's what it did. It put in me a hunger for friendship. It put in me a longing for brotherhood that God has continued to answer in many ways through the godly men he's brought into my life to help me be all I was intended to be. In that valley, I learned brotherhood is vital. I need brotherhood. I'm going to pursue that. I could have spent the rest of my life whining about no brother, but no, it was something God was working in me. God wants us to move us through that valley to apprehend what he has for us. I'm going to pray for all of us right now that wherever we are in this journey, Lord, you know what some of us are coming from. You know what's been done to us. You know what took place. You know the abuse and the abandonment. You know the divorce. You know the the people who rejected us. You know the people who spoke over us incorrectly. You know the people who lied to us. You know all the things in our fromness. But we ask for fromgiveness, to be able to forgive where we've come from so that we can move forward. Some of us, Lord, have done things ourselves that we need your release from. And so we ask you to come by your spirit and help us to be set free from those things that are part of our from because of our choices. We recognize we have a choice. We choose to be ever praising. We choose to trust in you. We choose to go from strength to strength because our confidence is in you. And I pray, Lord, that today anybody who's stuck in their past would be set free, that they would not carry this into the next season, that what's done is done, what's over is forgiven, what's happened has been released, and you are calling us to the happiest place of all, presence of Jesus, forgiven, free, and moving toward your purposes. Lord, I pray that as we sing this song of praise, you would fill us with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'll be able to see from up here who's receiving strength and who isn't. Because if your lips, if your lips aren't moving, I'll just know, well, I guess you don't need the strength today. But we're gonna be ever praising. And Irvin and the worship team is gonna come and lead us. Let's declare this truth together, moving forward. Cathedral, can we give a shout of praise for God moving us forward? Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you take this song and you really just receive it and sing along with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a moment you have brought me to such a freedom I have found in you. 
you're a healer who makes all things new yeah 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 i'm not going back i'm moving ahead i'm here to declare to you my past is over and new all things are made new surrender my life to christ Surrender. 
going to declare this truth one more time from Psalm 84, our three blessed. Let's do that together. Blessed are those who are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And blessed is the one who trusts in you. May this be the new day, a new dawn, a new experience, a new direction for every one of us. One final slide at the very end here I want to declare to you as we go so that it becomes the truth that stays with us. Alexis, we'll go to the last slide. There you go. Jesus takes us from strength to strength as we move forward beyond our from into our to. We ask him to help us find the springs in our current location. That's what I've been praying for you the last weeks and preparing for today. That's what I hope you'll go out for, that God will help you find the springs in that desert and that you'll keep moving forward. Amen. If you need prayer following service, our prayer team will be out in the amphitheater to pray for you. Looking forward to next week as Pastor Ken continues our series on Summertime Psalms. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you. May you be blessed as you praise Him, blessed as you trust Him, blessed as you find your strength in Him, that you would move forward to the hope and the future He has for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.